the best of the city's best morning show in a small package. This is the Andrew Carter Podcast. Trudy, I just uh, received uh, something uh, from, uh, you know, um, my ex-wife, Cindy Aikman, who works with the St. Mary's Foundation. She reminded me something of a conversation that we had with Brian and Mila. Brian and Mila at the same time on the anniversary of uh, the 90th anniversary of St. Mary's. And I think that was the first time that they'd ever been on an interview together. And uh, I just let, I'm, we're gonna, I, you're going to hear some of that coming up uh, later on because it's, uh, it's really quite interesting. Very sad to hear about the passing of Brian Mulroney yesterday at the age of, uh, of 84. And there's a lot of coverage in the papers uh, this morning. Let's jump to what Mario Dumont has to say about uh, Ped Days, the sad joke that are Ped Days. Well, he's you know riffing on the fact that uh, school boards, many of them now across the province, including on the island, have decided to give uh, the kids a day off on the eclipse day coming up in April. And but saying, oh no, no, it's not. We're not just closing the schools. We're moving a ped day. He says this is rich because. Uh, just a you know matter of weeks or a few months ago, they were talking about how ped days were sacrosanct, and you couldn't just move them around willy nilly, or you couldn't just convert them to days of extra instruction to help kids catch up after the the long teachers strike. You know, recall in the French sector, some of those schools were closed for uh, for a month. So he says, on one hand, they're sacrosanct and can't be touched. On the other, oh yeah, we'll give the kids a day off because there's a clip. So he's, he's uh, pointing that out and saying that Quebec has, with its 20 ped days annually, many, many, many more than other provinces. There are seven ped days in Ontario eight or nine in Manitoba, between three and 15 in Saskatchewan, between five and 13 in Alberta, and so on and so on. So we are the champions of ped days. Uh, Tula Drimonis in the Gazette uh, challenges uh, Jean-Francois Lisée's conclusion that new arrivals openly mock Quebec identity. Yeah, she's raking him over the coals for having written uh, a piece, uh, an, an opinion piece, uh, citing uh, an anecdote that turned out to be just, you know, uh, I heard somebody say and, you know, passed along through the, the grapevine that uh, some students were, um, you know, not m- very thrilled about uh, Quebec culture and were, uh, you know, making openly mocking and refusing a Quebec identity, these new arrivals at an elementary school. So uh, she says this is manufacturing panic and it's deliberate. And as Quebec's demographics change, we can expect more of this. So she says immigrants and children of immigrants have demonstrated for decades that all that is required for successful integration here in Quebec and sense of belonging is time, patience, and mutual respect. And she says, if some young Quebecers are not identifying as Quebecois, why are the pundits shocked? In what universe would a steady diet of marginalization and suspicion produce attachment to and identification with the group doing the marginalizing? Bill Brownstein's uh, story about, about the computer nerd who's sponsoring a McGill bursary. 
Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, and this is a very highly accomplished woman. Her name is Jade Raymond. She's uh, She describes herself as a nerd. It's not just uh, Bill calling her a, a nerd in his column in the Gazette. She helped create the Assassin's Creed franchise. Oh, wow. She had a hand in Watch Dogs. She, so, uh, you know, very well known in those circles here in Montreal, in Toronto. She founded a studio in Toronto that developed Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. She is founder and president of, here in Montreal, of Haven Studios. That uh, started up three years ago. So what she's doing is sponsoring... Uh, a program at McGill that will help other people like her uh, enter the enter the the business. A major donation to McGill to create the Jade Raymond Bursary for Women in Computer Science will support up to two women a year entering McGill's computer science program. It's open to all women who need uh, the financial help. She says, I'm passionate about helping women and I want to move the needle in terms of getting women into tech and getting them to stay there. For me, it's really about diversity and inclusion. A power-packed version of the number one morning show in Montreal. If you're on the fly, this is the Andrew Carter Podcast. Gazette uh, cartoonist Aislinn is on, is on the line. Good morning, Terry Mosher. How are you? I'm good, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm not so bad. I, I was saddened to hear about the death of Brian Mulroney. When you heard this news, what went through your mind? Yeah, very sad. Remember, I was very hard on him uh, in terms of cartooning, but I always liked him personally. Uh, I mean, he was he's a good man, uh, you know, uh, good with his family, all the classic things. He was it, with nice fellow, but he just kept getting into trouble, <laughs> and when, you know, there's a scandal, a cartoonist, uh, his job comes first, and I I went after him on Meech Lake and Free Trade and a whole bunch of other things. But I was saddened to hear, uh, because it ended up well. I, if you remember, a couple of years ago, it came out to a book signing of mine, and he charmed the people there. Oh, very he, Many left-wingers, too, you know, and yeah. you just... Uh, and uh, Jean Chrétien had taken a famous photo, or somebody of me, or Jean Chrétien strangling me, you know, in that yeah. old, old classic. <laughs> the Shewittigan handshake. <laughs> yeah. And so I showed it to Brian and he said, that looks like fun. Can I try that? <laughs> and he did. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it's, it's not personal. Yeah, it, it is interesting. You know, I, I've spoke to many people over the years who've had very, various opinions on, uh, on Brian Mulroney at the time. And, and then afterwards, and I said, I challenged anybody, if you met the guy and you spent 10 minutes with him, you'd, Love him. Yeah. Yep. Just a, a very charming man. Tell me about his chin. Tell me about drawing his chin. He actually didn't have a big chin. He had a small mouth. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> because you draw. In fact, I'm seeing a list of uh, of cartoons that you, you suggestions, I guess, for your coverage in the Gazette on the weekend. And yep. uh, the bra, the chin. <laughs> well, that was that was the first one that brought him up short because he, anyway, well, he he was boasting about the fact that that he loved what cartoonists were doing to his chin. That was in, in uh, a leadership campaign in '84, uh, I think. And he's going on about, oh, I love these cartoonists and what they do with it. So I put his chin in a brassiere with him holding it up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> in any case, it was a lot of fun. It's still, I think it's still my favorite 
Mulroney cartoon. Yeah, and and yet you and uh, you and he, you would consider yourselves friends. Yes, well, we were yeah. certainly friends when I first met him in a bar in Quebec City in uh, what was it, mid sixties. He was a student at Laval, and I was drawing cartoons on the street. And we used to meet in the Shandall Tavern and uh, have a great time. And uh, actually, his brother, Gary, uh, was a very good friend before Brian became prime minister. But then when I began drawing some pretty tough cartoons, the friendship ended for a little while, you know? Yeah, I'm just I'm wondering, you know, like when you basically like someone and you've, and you've known them and they, they, they ascend to a... Uh, you know, the prime minister, and now you've got to draw cartoons. Is that hard for you? In a way, it is. Uh, and, you know, because you sympathize perhaps a little more. But in that case, and it's a classic example of what satire is all about. When you're in the public eye and you're doing a job, you're trying to do the best job you can. And it's not that friendships go out the window. It's that just the job comes first, Andrew. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have a stand-up comic suddenly going soft on somebody if, uh, if, if something is in the public eye and people are talking about it. A different look at the world of entertainment with John Moore. Weekday mornings at 720. Uh, but yeah, the reason we're talking about Dwayne Johnson is, I don't know how he did it, but he's won the exclusive rights to a whole bunch of expressions. There's like a dozen of them, but they include The Rock. And yeah, okay, I guess that's, uh, I mean, aside from Newfoundland. Uh, Rudy Pooh, which I'm afraid I'm not familiar with in reference to Dwayne Johnson. Uh, Candy Ass, Jabroni, The Samoan Sensation, Rock Bottom, which could be problematic, and uh, Rock Rockpocalypse. All of those now belong to him. Can you smell what The Rock's cooking, by the way? always i'm a big fan well i i love what he does on screen but he just also seems to be a solid cool guy yeah uh apparently oprah winfrey has not been cooking weight watcher stuff she's been taking ozempic and so she's uh she's uh donating her stock in weight watchers to the national museum of african-american history and culture and leaving the board and uh going home to take her ozempic yeah, and their stock took a dive yesterday with that because she's been a great spokesperson. But, I mean, Oprah, you when you sign on with a weight loss program or a weight loss company or whatever, then you got to lose weight and you got to keep it off. And Oprah, of course, I always remember that time on her show where she brought in a kid's wagon full of animal fat. And she said, that's how much weight I've lost. Yeah. And then, you know, two years later, lost she was back gained, to where she lost was. Lost and gained, lost and gained. Yeah. Um, uh, Larry David uh, devastated at the loss of Richard Lewis. Yeah, he said he would never forgive his longtime co-star Richard Lewis for dying. He says he had that rare combination of being the funniest person and also the sweetest. But today he made me sob, yeah. and for that I'll never forgive him. Yeah. And it was quite a friendship. I was—I actually posted on my Twitter feed at Moore in the AM a clip of the two of them doing one of their routines, and I think more than anybody else. Uh, aside from the woman who plays the wife of his agent, they improvised almost everything. And you can just see they're both, they have this little smile, uh, you know, flirting around their lips that they're about to burst out laughing. I was saddened to hear of the death of Brian Mulroney. I really, I really was. I mean, I, I met this guy several times, this man, this great man, several times, charismatic, kind, friendly. Uh, over the years, even had the the chance to have you know attend a Christmas party at his house uh, in Westmount one time, and they, he just couldn't have been more welcoming. You know, uh, I like. Well, and that's the thing. There's there's so many angles, and of course, you're paying tribute on this show today. We're paying tribute on our show, and 
you know, what direction do you take it in? Do you talk about acid rain, apartheid, free trade, the GST? Do you talk about his loyalty to people? Do you talk about his baritone voice and his fantastic speeches? And I think a lot of people are certainly talking about how, uh, I mean, I heard this story years ago about Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening. He would just, in his office, get on the phone and he'd call people. And it would be everything from expressing condolences to somebody who knew whose mom had died, to calling somebody who was suffering from depression or had been fired, to calling some of his colleagues and try to bolster, you know, one policy or another. But I mean, he literally worked the phones and he loved talking with people and he loved being there for people. John, you have a great day. You too. John Moore, CJAD Entertainment. Catch Tom Mulcair live Monday to Friday at 7.35 a.m. and 5.05 p.m. Tom Mulcair is brought to you by Guaranteed Industries for high-efficiency Lennox furnaces and heat pumps. Call Guaranteed Industries at 514-342-3400. Guaranteed Industries since 1957. He was committed to this country, loved it with all his heart, and served it many, many years in many different ways. He had the courage to do big things, the impact, but also the necessity of Canada on the world stage and the pride that Canadians could take in it was something that uh, has left its mark. He shaped our past, but he shapes our present and he will impact our future as well. There's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Uh, Brian already dead at the age of uh, 84 and... Uh uh, John Kretschmer, Tom, John Kretschmer yesterday pointing out that, uh, you know, one of the great things that uh, Mulroney was able to accomplish was to uh, uh, get conservatives into Quebec for a change. I mean, with those two yeah. super majorities in 84 and 88. So when you heard this exactly. yesterday, what went through your mind? I was sad and I was thinking about his family. I got a chance to know his sons and uh, I know what a great family they are and they must all be going through so much. So our sympathy and our thoughts and our condolences, of course, first and foremost are with them and, and it's the the legacy and i i do realize one thing and it takes a while for this to set in but it does take time mulrooney was under the shadow of the turbulence of the airbus stuff and when he left office but years later now people are taking a bit of a pause pulling back and saying hold on <clears throat> this is the guy who set our our finances back on track with the gst everybody hated it at the time because it was a tax still but they realized it. it's the right it. thing still to do it. Yeah, but it was still the right thing to do, you know. And so on the world stage, Mr. Trudeau just referenced it in that clip that we listened to. He he was so close to Ronald Reagan. They they were kindred spirits. Mulroney was much younger, but boy, he, they got along. That famous Shamrock Summer at the, at the Shadow Frontenac in Quebec City was emblematic of that. But that led to an ability to work together, and they got along great. And that was part of the backdrop to the eventual free trade agreement, Canada-U.S. But more importantly... It was the ability to talk to them that allowed him to stand up to them. He got along great with Reagan and with Thatcher. They were both in favor of maintaining the apartheid regime in South Africa. And he said, it's morally wrong. And he used all of our ability as a country to fight the thing. And we became one of the few Western countries openly challenging and fighting apartheid. The result is there, and he deserves a lot of credit for it. So he, he had that ability. We talk about what he was able to do with the free trade agreement. But you know, Andrew... One of the most important things, and it's overlooked, is he brought in the world's first 
cap and trade system to deal with unwanted emissions. It was SO2 in that case. We didn't talk about too much at the time about global warming, but we had acid rain. So he took the best brains in Canada, the best scientists, and the Americans did the same. They sat down, they cobbled together a deal, a treaty on acid rain, and it worked. And that's what I retain about Mulroney. He was concentrating on results. It's not, he wasn't the type of guy to preen and to stand there and emote. He said, okay, we've got this huge problem. It's killing our forests. What can we do? And they said, well, you got to limit the amount of SO2. We'll put a cap on it. And then every year we'll lower that ceiling. And then companies that don't make the grade, they'll have to buy credits in the market and they'll come up with systems to lower their SO2 emissions. Bam, it worked. So that's the type of thing I remember about this guy. And he had a very salty uh, way of talking and a very earthy way of approaching things. And I can remember when I <laughs> when things were going south for me with the, the NDP, um, he, he reached out to me several times and uh, we, we, talk, we chatted and he says, and I will not repeat on the air all of the rich vocabulary he retained from his youth in a, in a pulp and paper town on the lower north shore but it was like you're kidding he says if, if those uh, blanks <clears throat> do that to you i hope you tell them to go themselves and it, this was pure mulroney and and it was just he followed the news he knew me we had met in any number of things in the irish community and in politics over the years and he was just reaching out you know he's just being a good guy uh, very you know avuncular just putting his hand on your shoulder and saying, don't let this get to you. You know, you deserve better than this. Uh, the Court of Appeals upholds uh, Bill 21. Uh, this, uh, for the in the short term anyway, changes absolutely nothing because it was already being applied. But what, why uh, right. English boards um, are not exempt from this. Will this go to the Supreme Court, do you think? Oh, yes, in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I suspect there's a certain Justin Trudeau who's very much regretting that he didn't listen to all the people, including us, who talked about the fact that he had the power to refer this directly to the Supreme Court because this decision is a 30-foot, 8-foot wide brick wall for Trudeau. Mm -hmm. This is a unanimous decision of Quebec's highest court that embraces the notwithstanding clause and says not only is it not undemocratic, it is the embodiment of democracy because it allows elected officials to have the final word on such fundamental issues as human rights. It's of grave concern to me because I've always tried to limit the ambit of the notwithstanding clause and make sure that individual rights predominate. This is a classic Quebec you know, line that's being drawn between the collective rights of Quebec through its National Assembly to decide. This decision is... So there's an irony here, Andrew. Remember last week we were talking about the fact that Francois Legault did a little rant against the Quebec Court of Appeal because they had said, no, no, you can't tell uh, you know people who are asylum seekers that they can't send their kids into the public daycare. Well, Legault had a little rant in Quebec City. He said, you know, oh, what about our little Quebecers? Well, what's going? Who's going to take care of them? I mean, it was just you know pure him. And he said, and by the way, these judges of Quebec Court of Appeal, they're all named by Ottawa, so you know. Poof, don't worry about them. Well, now all of a sudden they're great people because they agree completely with Legault on this stuff. For the school boards, there is one particular problem. They're rolling back the core interpretation in the Mahe decision from Alberta, which gave control and management to school boards to the linguistic minority. Why is that so important? Well, that's the core of the ability of a minority language community to control not just the schools, and that's the reading down that the Court of Appeal does. They're reading it back down to being about schools and not about 
the establishments, the institutions, the facilities, the school boards, the, the wider interpretation that has prevailed in Canada for decades now. That is a serious source of concern. And I would say it's an opinion, but in my opinion as a lawyer is that it is completely wrong. You're supposed to respect the previous decisions. That's called stare decisis. It's a fancy thing in Latin, meaning let the decision stand. They're breaking, in my view, they're breaking with that rule. And this thing is headed for the Supreme Court. And that particular bit is going to be torn to shreds, in my view. Tom, the uh, the arrive can overspending, the gift that keeps a giving, we uh, learned yesterday, <laughs> they were digging into this. And one of the contractors yeah. um, that uh, received millions uh, from... Um, in this uh, Rivecan contract, uh, was a bureaucrat who, who had a, who had a yes. little side company there. That's <laughs> unusual. Small. small, millions and millions of dollars. It's it's not only unusual as Anita and and uh, uh, but stuttered. Oh, well, you know, you're not allowed to do that. There are rules about conflict of interest. Yeah, sure. You were really doing a lot to apply those rules. The guy's name was right on the documents, but this. This is, as you say, the gift that keeps on giving for the conservatives. Poiliev has toned it down somewhat. His reactions are starting to be a little bit more measured, a little bit more adult-like, and he's starting to score. This is in lockstep with the unbelievable information about people working for the Chinese government and Canada's most you know, secret research facility in Winnipeg, the National Laboratories there, and Trudeau hiding it. Now, this is where Poiliev becomes Poiliev. He starts alleging that Trudeau called an election to avoid the discussion about this. I, he's making that up. You can't attribute the, those sorts of motives. So he should stay with the stuff that we know, that they didn't take care of it, and that they didn't care who was getting these contracts. This is, by the way, overall, I'm not saying for this individual, but overall, we're talking about on the Arrive Can app and on the other things that have been subcontract, subcontracted, hundreds of millions of bucks. And Andrew, how is it possible to increase, I said 25 yesterday, it's actually 30%, increase the size of the civil service in, since 2015 by 30%. It was already a massive public service. We've increased it again and double, go from seven and a half billion to 15 billion, including stuff like this to outside companies. You see, we're going to talk about lots of big stuff, Canada's role in the world, how we deal with things like housing and immigration. But at the end of the day, when you want to be the prime minister, you're supposed to also care about how the country is run, what the day-to-day -day is. And that's, I think, where Poiliev has just been filling the net from the blue line with a bucket of pucks that they left there for him because Trudeau's got no way to stop this stuff. Don't miss the two-minute checkup with Dr. Mitch, weekday mornings at 7.50. Well, good morning, Dr. Mitch. How are you? I am fine. Music hath charms to soothe the savage breast, to soften rocks, or bend a knotted oak, my old buddy William Congreve said in 1697. <laughs> did, did he really? No, you know, it, it certainly can, depending on uh, what's going on in your life, uh, bring you yep. to tears. Yep. Some of these songs. Yeah. And that's why this study in the PNAS, the Proceedings of the National Academy of Science, is so cool. Because what they basically did was they took these people put them in a functional MRI. Functional MRI is that magnetic resonance imaging machine, so no radiation, just magnetic waves. But it senses what parts of the brain are working by picking up the signals from the flow of blood through the flow of, and the use of oxygen. So they put these people in functional MRIs. They subject them to either recorded music or live music. And even better, the live music, the musicians, the piano players, uh, basically modify the music depending upon how the people are reacting uh, via their MRI to the music. 
And lo and behold, as they're studying, they see the people as they're listening to music, good or bad, pleasant or unpleasant, happy or sad. Uh, whole areas of their brain just light up that don't light up when you're exposed to the recorded versions of the exact same things, which sort of fits, doesn't it? I don't know about you. I'm pretty sure almost everyone has had the experience of how much more fun it is to be in a live concert than to hear the same songs, uh, even though you enjoy them, um, on your own, uh, you know, off whatever device you now use to listen to your own music nowadays. But um, there's something special about a live concert. And certainly the brain study seems to indicate something that backs this up. We do really respond more, um, more, just more, when we're exposed to live music. And if you think about it from an evolutionary point of view, and I know I often go back to these things, it makes sense. We evolved listening to, you know, grumping and sounds and music and people singing and things like that. The ability to record and or listen to these things without someone physically standing in front of you or near you and doing it um, is very recent. I mean, think about it. How long have we had recorded sounds, whether it's records or tapes or CDs or discs or streaming? It hasn't been that long in terms of our evolution. So it makes sense that as a species, as a people, we would respond more strongly to a live concert. And lo and behold, science proves what you and I already knew. Makes sense. Thanks, Dr. Mitch. A pleasure. You have a great weekend. You too, Dr. Mitch Shulman. This is the Andrew Carter Podcast. Like what you hear? Catch the show live Monday to Friday, 530 to 9. Brian Mulroney uh, passing yesterday at the age of uh, 84. Um, Longtime uh, colleague and a friend of... uh, of, uh, Mr. Mulroney, uh, Jean Charest is on the line. Good morning, Mr. Charest. Good morning, Andrew. So so tell me uh, what went through your mind when you heard this news. Well, I was I was very surprised with everyone, I guess, but I a little more so because I, I saw uh, Mr. Mulroney last Saturday, Andrew. I, uh, I made the trip to uh, Florida for a few short days uh, so that uh, I could see him. And uh, he, we had talked over the phone, and he, uh, he had said to me, well, it would be... Nice if we could uh, we could have a chat. So I went down, and on Saturday, uh, I found him to be very alert. But he had lost a lot of weight. He was weak, and he he had difficulty uh, walking. He explained to me how difficult it was for him to walk, and he was very Irish in his attitude towards life, as you know. And he said to me at one point, he said, "I I don't think I'm going to make it to Christmas," and uh, I tried to. What I tried to do is put in front of him the fact that this is this year is the 40th anniversary, Andrew, of the election of his government in mm-hmm. 1984. And I, I said to Brian, I said, you know, we're going, we, we're going to, we should need to organize a number of events to celebrate your legacy. And uh, and I think he he like obviously liked that idea. And and I, I joked with him. I said, you know, it was 40 years ago, Brian, that that I got you elected. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we had a great laugh, and, and uh, he, you know, he he, he really, he really was uh, an Irish and charming, and and a great prime minister. So it's a great loss to the uh, to the country. Well, let, let's talk about De Brian Mulroney as a as a, a guiding force in your life, as a mentor, or uh, you know, the, the, being appointed as a as a minister of state in that first uh, government. What kind of an effect did he have on your life? 
a very profound effect. Uh, you know, I learned politics from him. Uh, he was uh, <clears throat> sorry. He was a mentor and uh, good guy, and almost a, a father figure for me. And uh, but I learned uh, how to lead uh, from him, and uh, and so he was very significant. And then for there on in our lives. I think we we mutually participated in the in, in all the major decisions and events of our family. When I decided to go to provincial politics, I talked with Brian. When uh, when my I attended the marriage of his daughter Caroline, and he attended with Mila the marriage of my daughter, and you know all those events in life that uh, that, that that our family our families knew each other very well. So, and he he was very much a. Uh, he, what I want to do, he would then carry that in his heart. And uh, think of how transformational he has been for the country. I mean, the Canada is what it is today because of the courage he had, the determination to do the free trade agreement, to do fiscal reform. He certainly gave Canada on the international stage. Uh, we, we punched way above our weight, Andrew, on a whole number of issues because he believed in Canada's influence in the world and he would carry that. Uh, people constantly return to the Nelson Mandela story, but mm -hmm. they're right. He wasn't the only prime minister to be dedicated to the issue of fighting apartheid, but he certainly, he's the one who went head to head with Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan on this. So, and, uh, yeah, oh, that's significant. Yeah. Uh, speaking with, uh, Jean, former Quebec premier, uh, Jean Charest, uh, so let's we we talk about all these uh, these big events that he was very instrumental in changing and uh, as being a transfor transformational uh, prime minister. But talk to me about his his one on one ability to win people over. Well, I was a young member of parliament. This was before coming into cabinet, and I had a very uh, difficult file in my writing, and I I knew that this was uh, a lot, but I asked to meet the prime minister to put my case to him. And I remember sitting in front of him, Andrew, and saying to him, I apologize for bothering you, and you have other... And he said to me something I never forgot. He said, Jean, if this is important for you, it's important for me. And uh, that that was for me something that uh, I I remembered forever. When I when he invited me into cabinet, I met him at Twenty Four Sussex. He asked me at the end of the conversation is if Michelle was around, she'd be there tomorrow. And of course, and he said something to me also that that really impressed me. He said, you know, I would have never been prime minister of Canada had it not been for Mila. And uh, and and with his two hands, you know, he held his fist together to say, you know, we're. And then he asked me about my father and told and reminded me. He said, "You know, my I, when I was a young lawyer, my dream was to bring my dad to see a hockey game at the Montreal Forum. Mm. He passed away before I could do that. Here I am. I'm Prime Minister of Canada, and and I still can't bring him there. And so the next day at 24 at Rideau Hall, after this wearing in, he walks into the reception room, and I'm I'm right in front of him. He says, "Where's your dad?" I said, "I turned in," and he walks right over to him. Red, how are you? My dad, Andrew, was so impressed. Okay. You know, and there's this guy standing from Sherbrooke, you know. He'd been a, my dad was a great guy, but he's a small businessman and hockey player. He's at he's at Rito Hall and the Prime Minister of Canada is his best friend. And uh, so that's it. You know, when I, I resigned from cabinet in 1990, you may remember over this judge thing. Mm -hmm. You remember, I hope you yeah. forgot. Uh, no, I know, I remember, unfortunately. No, it's not necessary <laughs> to remember. But he called my dad 
Yeah. And I didn't know that. He called him and said, you know, and my dad's nickname was Red. He said, Red, you know, don't worry, I'll take, I will take care of him. And, uh, and he is all those small things, but he did that, Andrew, I don't know how many times a day in his life. And, uh, and he was, uh, he was uh, very generous in that. Yes. And you want to be governed by people who are generous uh, of themselves. Those in my, in my mind, that those are the, the best leaders for uh, for us. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us this morning about Mr. Mulroney. Appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Get a few entertainment options with a smile. Sarah DeHay, Friday mornings at eight twenty. And I adore her. Anyways, she is doing a symphonic-styled show tonight at Place des Arts, part of Montréal en Lumière. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, she was posing on social media wearing a, 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 like a Dolly Parton-style blonde wig and a white wedding dress, encouraging you to dress up for the show tonight. Oh. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Lisa LeBlanc, part of Montréal en Lumière, which officially kicked off yesterday, Andrew. Yes, the food portion has been ongoing since last week, um, but now we're really into the thick of Montréal en Lumière. It is a very sprawling kind of festival because there's food, there's entertainment, and there's outdoor nightlife. It's basically meant to kind of get you out of your winter doldrums and at times really nicely with spring break. So the big thing this weekend, of course, is Nuit Blanche. And that's when we have the metro running all night, bus service all night, events planned until the wee hours of the morning. If you think, I can't stay up until one or three. That's okay. These events start pretty early. Some of them are going to be early evening, a little bit after dinner. Andrew, some things you can check out include Carnival, 10 p.m. at Club Soda. This is going to be a mix of soca, Afrobeats, dance hall music. Backup dancers will be there. This is DJs Poirier and P.U. Nuit de la Poésie. P.U.? Uh, P-I-Y-O-U. P-U? Yeah. Inu poet Josephine Bacon is going to open up Nuit de la Poésie, so she's going to be reading and then followed by a dozen other Quebec poets who will be joined by musical improvisers at the same time, Andrew, eight until one in the morning at the Salon Urbain at Place des Arts. My friends at the Museum of Jewish Montreal are going to have a live music uh, show happening at eight o'clock, mm. and their their current art exhibit is going to be open as well, um, run by my friend um, Sonia Halpern-Brazar. Project Casa, which used to be a hospital and then a hotel and then a private residence. It's this beautiful white building in front of Jean Mals Park, Fletcher's Field. Um, they're going to be exhibiting hand-sewn sculptures of Mormon missionaries crafted by an artist who grew up Mormon in Gatineau. And some of these sculptures are a little naughty, Andrew. Um, really? There's Tell over- me more. Nope. Uh, there's over a hundred activities happening for Nuit Blanche. So if you're looking for some guidance, there's two ways you can go about this, or three ways. Three way, pick something random. Um, one way is to do like a theme. There's um, dance the night away, a night for families, a Nuit qui s'expose, which sounds kind of sexy. And they've grouped different activities under those themes. The other thing you can do is stick to an area, pole. They're calling it like the North Pole. Uh, but we've got the Pole Mile End, mm-hmm. downtown, Cartier des Spectacles, Hochelaga, uh, Pole Nord. I'm not really sure what area that's covering. Plateau Montréal, Cartier Latin, and the village and Old Montreal. And so you can stick it to an area. Um, what other things we can mention? There's a skating disco happening outside. They've, you know, we have the skating rink that's open for another couple of weeks, but they've also set up another skating rink along Jean Mans. Uh, the Royal Pickles are going to be performing. They're the, the Royal Pickles. Yeah, they're a really fun band that I've mentioned for you. If okay. you're interested in manga, if you want to learn to hula hoop, if you want to paint ceramics, 
all that and more is going to be part of Nuit Blanche. It's a really wonderful experience. Of course, there are mus- there is uh, entertainment events attached to the festival as well, including Kid Koala, really gifted Montreal DJ who has a show that mixes film and marionettes. It's called the Storyville Mosquito, and it's being performed through the weekend um, at Place des Arts. Uh, quoi d'autre, Andrew? Um, we have the world's greatest Pink Floyd show, Pulse, uh, being performed. Brit Floyd, Saturday evening at Sal Wilfred Peltier. All-star stand-up weekend at the Comedy Nest. This is nine comics and 90 minutes. Our friend Joey Elias is going to be part of the lineup Joey Elias? Tonight. Yes. I know that guy. <laughs> Disney on Ice, Magic and the Stars. So these are the heroes and heroines of Frozen 2, Encanto, Aladdin, Princess and the Frog, Moana. Uh, multiple showings in French and in English at Place Belle in Laval. The Montreal RV show is on at the Palais des Congrès. Oh. If you love your immersive and VR shows, um, a VR uh, event that just launched um, near the Science Center in the Old Port, the Horizon. A, v- a, v- a VR? So virtual reality, it's yeah. when you put a giant headset on and you're walking around um so this is about an hour or under an hour the horizon of khufu the journey into ancient egypt basically you're going inside the pier the giant pyramid in giza very cool a leading egyptologist guides you through this immersive wise we have a new collaboration between national geographic and oasis immersion studios so this is that palais de congrès it's called root for nature it's 90 minutes it's going to inspire you to take action on biodiversity andrew uh if you would like to get caught up for the oscars it's about 10 days away from now. Um, you know, you can see all the movies or, Andrew, you can watch all of the short films, the short film categories. Cinema du Parc is doing uh, entire screenings, which is just all the live action, animation and documentary candidates. Shout out to the Dora Wasserman Yiddish Theater. They are putting on Toy to Fun a Salesman, which is a Yiddish translation of Arthur Miller's classic drama, oh. Death of a Salesman, Sunday afternoon at the Siegel Center studio. And what about... Um Burlesque. Yeah. Saturday, glamorous Nuit Blanc special. Lulu, la duchesse de Rière, is performing Saturday night. Andrew, this is your Lulu, time. Lulu, la duchesse de la yes, Derrière? she's available. She's probably like the most in-demand um, dancer on island. She's got the best name. Um, performing with Miss Booty Jones, Rose de, <laughs> Rose de Fleur, and Kiki de la Vega. Uh, we also have on uh, tonight, Cabaret is a Theme, Joy Ryder, Lily Monroe, Roxy Torpedo, and Mia Culpa. And... Um, Autism Awareness Day is in March, Andrew. So on the Spectees, a neurospicy show will showcase performers who will undress but also unmask their experiences with neurodivergence in a, quote, sexy and informative way. And that is Sunday evening at the Wiggle Room. Okay. Yeah. And you forgot one thing. Mm-hmm. The Briar starts tonight. And the Briar starts tonight. Yeah. How could I forget? Yeah, I um, all that and a lot more, Andrew, at CJ80.com. Listen to the Andrew Carter Morning Show live, Monday to Friday, 530 to 9. 